It is Jordan Saints here, and no matter what. So we now have audio. Yes, Dr. Michael Rydelnik. Yeah, there's that voice. Here I am. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So we have questions, but um, and we're going to get to those. Uh, You went to see Jesus Revolution over the weekend, the movie? Yes. And? My wife and I loved it. I cried the whole time. Uh, You know, uh, Eva was part of that Jesus Revolution here in Chicago. I was Mm -hmm. part of it in New York. One of the things that the movie really just alludes to in the Time Magazine article that comes out at the end, that this was happening all across the country. Yeah. Uh, and we it was a move of the Spirit of God. I really, I've been thinking about the revival in Asbury, and people have been asking me about it, and you could really see how John 3.8 really came out uh, during that great revival in that uh, it wasn't manufactured. It was happening all over. It was happening up in Northern California, Southern California, the Midwest, New York, where I was from on the East Coast. Uh, John 3.8 says, the wind blows where it pleases and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. That was a move of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And you could see that revival having its lasting effects. I see it. It, you know, one of the things that I was talking about with Mitch Glazer, who's the president of Chosen People Ministries, who got saved in San Francisco in 1971, uh, he came to the Lord then. He was, uh, he said that, and we were talking about this, that there was a whole Jewish aspect to this revival. The greatest revival among Jewish people since the uh, first century happened as part of the Jesus Revolution. And so today, every major leader of Jewish ministry and people who are serving across the globe in leadership uh, came to the Lord between 1969 and 1972. Uh, I did in 1972, April 16th, 1972, 51 years ago almost. Uh, My friend Larry, who leads a congregation, January 1972. Sam Nadler, who used to be the president of Chosen People, January 72, Mitch in 1971. Just whenever I think about this, there was a great revival, and we didn't know. We thought we were the only ones. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's yep. it wasn't manufactured. It was the Spirit of God moving in people's hearts. That is so and then cool. we found out we were part of this big thing, and it, it. I just cried the whole time seeing that movie. I loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's such a good movie. Uh, you know, I, I was moved by it as well. I know, Don, you saw it too, and uh, so uh, good to see that be received so well over the weekend as, as well. A-plus rating, and a lot of people mm-hmm. have gone, and just hope that we continue to see success I, there. I, I want my kids to go see it, mm-hmm. and yeah. for this one reason. They think they understand their parents, but <laughs> until they see this movie, true. they won't. Yeah, yeah. that's, oh, so that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That is so cool. My son said, I told him that. He said, Dad, do you think I really don't understand where you're coming from? You know, because he, he, he's known me his whole life. He, yeah. He's heard me talk about how I came to faith. He went to Moody Bible Institute, sat on my teaching, you know, for four years. He says, do you think I don't understand you? I said, you will understand me better if you go see this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, as you uh, talk about revival and what happened there, I know recently you were also talking about uh, what's been going on at Asbury. In fact, Chris is texting in from Virginia this morning saying last week on the Open Line Show, you were uh, sharing a blog about revival and he said you spoke about Asbury, and of all the opinions pro and against, if it was really a biblical revival, um, I guess Second Chronicles uh, seven fourteen came up. Passage. I did not. I did not mention Second Chronicles seven okay. fourteen. No, I don't think that verse applies. Okay. Well, uh, and that—that's his kind of question here. Why do so many pastors 
use Second Chronicles 7.14 to talk about revival, and you're saying, I don't think that verse applies. No, that's actually for national revival. Now, of course, I think if we have a great revival, if this Asbury event spreads to the whole country, that would not be something... I mean, people want to manufacture it, I think, based on John 3.8. You can't manufacture it. You know, right. it's the Spirit of God moving. Uh, if that happens, I think it'll be good for our country. I really do. Mm-hmm. But the promise of restoring and healing our land, that applies to Israel. And... Uh, so I think the one principle we can derive from that, if, if God pours out his spirit and there is a great revival in our country, and oh, let it be so, oh, let it be so. But if it happens, it won't necessarily guarantee that our government's going to get better right. or that they're going to make better decisions, mm-hmm. but it would be better for our nation. The principle there is it would certainly be better for our nation. You know, when we look at Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. And I've heard some pastors recently talk about the fact that if we want to see revival in this country, what we can do is look to Second Chronicles 7.14 as a potential model. Like if, if we want God to move... Should we not be doing some of what God was actually asking Israel to do at that time? Yeah, I, I think that's fine. But again, the, the my people there means my people of Israel. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's a principle. I, th- I think God wants us to humble ourselves. God wants us to pray. I think all that is good. And he may very well bring some sort of healing to our country, but I can't guarantee that the way I can when the verse is talking about the covenant people in the land of Israel. That's yeah. what it's talking about. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I think that, I think John 3, 8 is a better verse. That, let, let's see how the Spirit of God moves across our nation. Uh, and I pray that people will get saved. I would, I hear there's a hunger in Gen Z mm-hmm. yeah. to know the Lord, mm-hmm. and I'm praying that it's so. And I, if I, there, I don't want to be the, the fuddy-duddy uh, elder or, or a man in the church. I want to be, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the, uh, Frazier. What's his? Uh, Chuck the, Smith. The, Chuck Smith. Yeah. Yep. Who was open to what God was doing in the hearts of people. I want to be as adaptive. You know, I, I used to preach at a church interim, and they used to say, if the music's too loud, you're, you're, you're too old. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and I definitely too was old. too old. It was too loud. But what I did is I either wore earplugs or I sat, I stood in the... I didn't try and change the music. I went and stood in the lobby yeah. during yep. the music uh, because I don't want to be the negative force that some people can be. I want I want God to work in people's hearts. Amen. Talking with Dr. Michael Rydelnik, one of the deans at Moody, author of the 50 Most Important Bible Questions, host of Open Line, and he's here to take your questions about the Bible, 800-555-7898 to text those in. Frank is texted from Middle Tennessee. We'll get to your questions coming up in just three minutes here on Moody Radio. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, Wendy Speak drops to talk about her book, The 40-Day Feast. Click the bell to subscribe at youtube.com, the at symbol Dawn and Steve, to be reminded each time a new video drops. Well, speaking of books, Dr. Michael Rydelnik has written many, including the 50 most important Bible questions, and he takes your Bible questions on Saturdays on Open Line, on Mondays with us. And if you've got a question, you can text that in this morning at 800-555-7898. Michael Frank is texting in from Middle Tennessee, and he's got some questions related to Exodus chapter 9. And he says in Exodus 9.22, it talks about the fact that hail 
fell on every plant during the hail plague. Yet in Exodus 9.32, just 10 verses later, it says that wheat and spelt were not ruined. So what's happening there, and very closely tied to that, Exodus 9.6 talks about all the livestock had died. Yet in Exodus 9.20, it says to take the livestock into the house before the hail comes. So if the livestock died, where did it come from? And so he's just kind of asking about that uh, section of Exodus 9 where so, the hail comes. So God didn't give us his word to satisfy our curiosity, but to bring us to repentance and faith. Uh, so I, I don't think that there's an explanation necessarily in the text, but it says that all the livestock died except for the Israelite livestock. So maybe they got livestock, you know, they... They, they were able to get livestock from the Israelites. You know, I mean, they were slaves. They could have forced them to sell or even taken them. So uh, as for the, the, uh, the, the wheat versus the, uh, the, the I need to find the verse here in 32, mm-hmm. uh, the flax and the barley were destroyed because the barley was ripe and the flax was budding, but the wheat and the spelt were not destroyed since they are later crops. So that's that's the explanation right there, that uh, the plants that were ripe were the ones that were destroyed, not the ones that had not yet become ripe. And so you don't have to worry about the truth of the record. Uh, that sounds to me, and I don't know if he's done this, but people go to these atheist websites that attack the veracity of Scripture, and they get all confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, th- those websites are not being honest with the text. Uh, it didn't say that every last animal died. It just said that the animals of the Egyptians died. They could have very easily taken animals from... In fact, the, the Jewish slaves were the primary developers of livestock in, in uh, Egypt. And then it, it clarifies what it means by all the plants being destroyed. The point is... Don't waste your time trying to answer or figure out what those atheist websites are saying. Uh, they're not going to be fair. Mm-hmm. So that's and knowing Frank, I don't, I doubt very much that he was on those sites. But I think these questions do come up from time to time as we listen or or study that account. And you're like, okay, now how did that work? And mm-hmm. yeah, oftentimes I'm just like, okay, Lord, I'm glad you're in control. <laughs> know these things uh, because I can't always figure that out. Yeah, we we can't. But I think this text is pretty clear that that there is an answer right in the text. Moses was so clear because in verse 32, he says why it was that they could have the wheat and the spelt, even though what he had said before, that the plants were destroyed. So Moses is sensitive to the issue, even as we read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're uh, glad that you're with us this morning. I, I think we've got time. Uh, we've got 60 seconds. Very fast mm-hmm. question here. Adam from Middle Tennessee. Do we still have to obey the dietary laws in Leviticus? Uh, no. Can you tell <laughs> why in 30 seconds or less? We, yeah, I can. Uh, we The dietary laws are part of the law of Moses that God gave Israel Today, though there are principles that we can apply of the wisdom of the law of Moses, today we operate under a different operating system called the law of Messiah, the law of Christ. And and that one, uh, food is not as a, a much of an issue as 
it was for the law of Moses. But other laws are repeated in the law of Messiah. Well, Adam, thank you for uh, your question this morning. We're uh, talking with Dr. Michael Rydelnik. He joins us just about every Monday to take your questions about the Bible. And if we didn't get to yours this week, we'll save it for next week. But uh, jot those down, have them handy, and join us each weekday morning here on uh, Don and Steve as we talk with Dr. Michael Rydelnik here on Moody Radio. For more info on all of today's guests, head on over to Facebook and search for Dawn and Steve in the Morning. That's a great way to connect. That's one of many ways that you can connect with us here on Moody Radio. Yeah, Facebook, YouTube channel, Instagram is brand new. I still got to figure that platform out. <laughs> I had it at one point in time, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm getting too old. Took it I off my phone. It. I probably need to put it back on there. But we're glad that uh, you are with us this morning. And uh, we need to get some pictures of uh, the blue hair on there. Oh, well, we can, yeah, we can do that. I, I, so I have Instagram, but I am so Insta illiterate. I only am on here because um, my kids, especially when one went to college and she used Instagram quite a bit. Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to make an Instagram account. Um, but I still, that's the only reason I go there. I get but it. But now I need to go find Dawn and Steve in the morning. How do I do that? Well. Here we go. I'll let you figure that out <laughs> as you explain why you have blue hair. Oh, you want to know that. For those who were not with us earlier, they're just jumping in the car or yeah. flipping their, telling their Fair. smart speaker to play. What's up with the blue hair? I have been in a local... Uh, no, I'm looking on Instagram. <laughs> there, there are other Don and Steve, so I'm going to have to track this down. Usually, it's you telling me to put your phone down. I know, right? Okay, but it's it's work-related. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? Is yours work-related? Sometimes. I felt a little Ethel P. Savage there. That's why I have blue hair. I, my little Ethel P. Savage attitude just came out. Um, there's a community theater group, Bravo Borough. This is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have been taking to production a show called The Curious Savage. It's a, a comedy. And so many friends and family members came out this weekend to support us. And we are so grateful. But Ethel, bless her, has blue hair. It's part of her story. And um, she evidently had this quiet life while she was married to her husband he passed away and all of the sudden she decided that she was going to embrace the I want to say embrace the crazy but it's not it's not just for the sake of crazy but it's to embrace life basically mm -hmm. and part of that is she dyed her hair this is in 1950 so let me give you context it's not 2023 1950 when women did not have Bright red hair or black with a white streak down the middle or blue. Yeah. But Ethel did. And so in this particular part of her life story, she has blue hair. I thought if Ethel needed blue hair and Don Ray May was going to play that part, get blue dye. There you go. And now the rest is history. <laughs> Y'all have to look at this for a while. So do I. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you only have to look at it if you're in the mirror. We get to the privilege <laughs> of staring at it privilege. for hours a day, every day. I'm so. telling you, I don't know what to. I don't know how to help that either, because I we have nah, one more weekend of production. You could wear the same hat that you wore in the don't show. Don't you love that? You hat? You could do that. I love that hat. <laughs> it it is a big pink. Pinkish purple, but mo mostly pink, pink. I think. Mm -hmm. um, hat, and, and the thing is huge. Mm -hmm. And there's what, it looks like uh, <laughs> flowers and bird feathers, feathers oh, and yeah. all the stuff uh, coming out of this hat. Yep. It 
it just worked. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. And our director, she's like, okay, that hat is so big and I'm petite. So she said, you've got to set that thing back on your head a little bit. Otherwise, we lose you completely uh-huh. due to the hat. And I I always wear my hat. Like, my kids make fun of me. Even when I wear baseball hats, I pull that brim down to just over my eyebrows. Therefore, when Ethel's hat goes on, it comes down. You, you lose your face completely. That's what she said. That's yeah. what Madison said. So I did have to push that that little big old hat back and just... Wear it like you mean it. All right. So how was opening weekend? I mean, we've talked a little bit off and on for the past several weeks that you're in the show. So how'd it go? To me, it was so many things. (laughs) So many things. Hilarious in in some ways because I felt like a deer in the headlights. I've not done theater in a lot of years. Matter of fact, when I first came back to Moody Radio back in 2016, okay, I was in a show. I was in the ensemble. So I felt very supported and surrounded. You could look at other people. This role, not so much. Yeah, you're out, <laughs> out front and vulnerable. <laughs> and I felt it. But the cast that I work with is nothing short of amazing. They're all, except for three of us, they're all 20-somethings. And they have done lots of theater. They have supported me in just the most beautiful way. So I've had a blast. Um We laugh over my mistakes, and I'm glad that they can laugh and not get angry with me. Uh, Again, it's just supportive. Um, But, yeah, we've chuckled over that. My daughter is in the show. My husband has been an absolute just huge support and help. He's been amazing. He's a rock star. I know. I know. Yeah. He's done everything behind the scenes, and it's just been a fun thing to all do together. Um, But, yeah, it's I don't, without taking too much time, it's just been a, a an absolute blessing to be part of this adventure. And we have one more weekend, and I know it's here in Middle Tennessee, and you're probably listening in Spokane or something this morning, but it, yeah, appreciate your prayers. I mean, memory recall for all these lines, yeah, that takes prayer. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot <laughs> of lines. Prayers. We went to the show yesterday, and it was great. Oh, we, thank we you. really enjoyed it. And the cast was fantastic. Aren't they great? No weak link I know. in that cast. I mean, sometimes it's it's very obvious. You go to certain productions, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, the three leads were good, but the other, uh, no, not the case with this no. show. They did a great job. And so it's good to have you back. Thank you. As you were out last week for Tech Week. Yep. And the blue hair is uh, certainly something <laughs> to behold. <laughs> we are glad that you are with us this morning. Don and Steve in the morning here on Moody Radio. The school run goes smoother with coffee and with Dawn and Steve in the morning. We're glad you're here. So appreciate that. Now, we have kind of, you know, scratched the surface on where I've been over the last week with it being tech week of the show that I'm in for a community theater group. Uh, But I have not seen you uh, talk to you in a week. What's been going on with Steve Hiller? (laughs) What's been going on? Um, You know, I've, I've been here. Somebody had, Somebody to had to be here. Exactly. So I figured uh, I, I drew the short straw, or the long one, depending on how you look at it. No, right. but I, I, it's been good. Um, we've been busy lately. This weekend was just kind of a blur. Uh, Friday night, we ended up going to a different show. My kids are part of a homeschool community. Yeah. And uh, they uh, had this show on Friday night here locally uh-huh. uh, that was just a kid's musical. 
And so they did. Are you familiar with the Magic Treehouse book series? Yes. Okay, so they did a show based on one of the Magic Treehouse stories. Okay. And so we went and saw that Friday night. Then Saturday morning was Bible study and came home. And then um, one of those people that, you know, I've kind of lost touch with, but at one point in time, she was a significant part of my life. And that was when you're growing up, your best friend's moms almost kind of become like adopted moms or second moms Mm -hmm. in a certain way. And so one of those had passed uh, this past week. And so um, didn't have the opportunity to go to Iowa to to see the funeral, but watch that online. And, uh, And then we... They started cleaning the house because we had 26 people um, on Saturday afternoon and evening um, come to the house. It was uh, our Sunday school class and life group and the kids oh, wow. and everything. And um, what we didn't think through fully is that uh, we have a lot of Nerf guns and a lot of Nerf gun bullets. And there was at least 15 kids, I think, in the house. And it was raining, so we couldn't shoot them outside and you know play in the rain. And the kids have like boxes, you know, what just one container itself holds 500 Nerf gun bullets. Oh, wow. And we probably have about a dozen guns and crossbows and whatever. So our house got a little crazy. Oh, Saturday my afternoon. Evening. Word. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point in time, the kids are upstairs playing and all the adults are downstairs. And um, it got so noisy up there and the yelling was so loud. We're like, okay, either they are having like the best time of their lives uh-huh. or somebody just broke their leg. Oh I'm not sure which. We which, need to probably which go was check. It? Thankfully, they were having a, the best time of their lives okay. because we walked upstairs and a, a lot of hot, sweaty, running around kids <laughs> with big smiles on their faces and Nerf bullets flying everywhere. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I'm trying to think. I wonder how I would have reacted because I, I can have a twofold reaction. I can go, oh, well, they're having fun and they're upstairs. They can't hurt anything. Or... I might have a nervous breakdown. I'm just not sure which I would have done. Well, the the only one I I wasn't worried about, uh, you know, the, most things, the noise, whatever. Okay, they're having a good time. That's great. It was the slamming of doors that oh, yeah, I began no. to like. Oh, if some little kid, yes. because there were ages from like uh, probably two Ugh. through early to mid teenagers. Oh, I'm like, if one of those kids kicks right. the door closed one more time, and there's another little kid's fingers in there, yeah. We're going to have a big problem. Oh, Thankfully, yeah. that did not happen. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Yeah, I, I I will say I have had to go say no no slamming doors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's just how we're not going to play. But, yeah, so good time had by all that. Oh, we, we had a great time. Yay. And yesterday, of course, church. And then we went to a play. You came to see The Curious Savage. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was a fun production. So it was a, a good weekend. And then as soon as the, the play was over, my wife had to run back to church for yeah, a class she that she's taken there. Mm-hmm. And um, I took the kids home and whatever. So by the time we got the kids in bed last night and sat down, we're like, what happened to the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired still. <laughs> we, we no rest. But it, it was it was good. It was fun, though. Yeah. But yep. but you're glad that not all weekends are like that because the yep. body does need rest. It's true. On occasion, it does. You feel it on a Monday if you don't get it. Yeah. But we are glad that you are here with us on this Monday morning.